Is the ambition to be the top performer actually limiting your potential? In this episode, Matt and I compare the ideal team player with what we're calling the brilliant jerk. We're going to talk about it through our own experiences in our places of business, as well as places where we volunteer. The brilliant jerk versus the ideal team player. That's the topic for this edition of the 2120 podcast. This is the 2120 podcast. For each week, two guys take an idea, an experience, or a topic that we're passionate about, and we talk about it with you for 20 minutes. So Matt, have you ever heard about the person who's the brilliant jerk? Ever come across your radar? No. Okay. The brilliant jerk. The, the brilliant jerk. The, the term brilliant jerk, I don't know who coined it, but it shows up when, when, when we see it. So we all have some place that we work, and there's probably somebody that, that would come to mind right now that's a brilliant jerk. So they may be really, really good at what they do. Highly skilled. Maybe they're sure. great at sales. They bring in all sorts of revenue, and... Yet they're the person that is so tough to be around, nobody wants to be around them. They're not a team player, right? They lack humility. They, maybe they're just crass in nature and, and they use language and tell inappropriate jokes that you know, just offends people. Sure. A lot of times, we'll keep that person around because they're the top salesperson or they're, the, they're in some sort of management role or whatever. And they do get results, but a lot of times the results that they get are born out of negative places, such as we're going to control and command people out of fear, or we're fearful of confronting that person. So, so that's kind of the setup for today's conversation. I want to talk with you about um, two things. We're going to enter into it from the brilliant jerk, but we're going to talk about the ideal team player. Yeah. So both of us have been in workplaces. You are still in that environment where you have a, you have a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. And my question to enter into this is what would constitute a great team player or an ideal team player in your opinion? Well, What's that person look like? They understand that the team is the most important thing. So they, they take themselves out of that equation and they look for the bigger picture of what we're going to do together, I think, is one of the biggest things. Um, the will to win. They're fun, um, competitive. Uh, they challenge. They question. Um, they receive feedback. They're okay with that. I mean, there's so it's there's so many strong leadership traits that you could lump into this. But at the end of the day, like I think the biggest thing is they see the bigger purpose. Yes. Down the road, you yes. know, and what and how we're going to get there together. And it's the we, not the eyes, and the um, you know, they're just, they're fun to be around, you know, people that are, are, that fit that mold get results, you know, and when you have more of those people on your team, your team gets results and you win and it's fun. One of the things that I really enjoy about, um, learning about your workplace sure. is the competitive nature of it. Right. Oh, and so sure. one of the, one of the things that you said early and you, you talk about it a lot uh, on this podcast, even you said the will to win mm-hmm. and how do we create these little moments for, for opportunities to win. This, this is good stuff. And you talk about the competitiveness and you talk about somebody who would, would challenge and question things. Now, what I've also experienced in, in some places is that feels counter to their culture and that scares people. And that's not 
Like they may perceive that person as being a brilliant jerk. I almost think of it as a little bit more of a maverick or something like that on a, on a positive side. Um, so I only point that out because there might be some people are listening right now going, well, that wouldn't fly where we work or something like that. So, so we got to like contextualize some things here. But for sure, an ideal team player is, is a lot of the things that you mentioned, which is that person that is, um, they, they pitch in, they're coachable. Like that's one of the, the biggest things to me is, do they learn? Are they asking for that feedback? How do they receive that feedback? And can they be approached, mm-hmm. right? If you can do those things, that's pretty darn good. Sure. Um, so now let's talk about if, if let's contrast that, I guess, to the, the, the brilliant jerk. And so I want to talk with you about what, what's the ripple effect of a brilliant jerk in a workplace. Well, you know, the ripple effect is the people that are around them. You know, when you're around that brilliant jerk, you're probably not having fun, you know, because they're either being a jerk or, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, they're out for themselves yes. in, in a lot of cases. You know, I think of like sales guys or gals that they're just, that's, they're driven by being number one and they'll do whatever it takes to be number one, you know, for the, you know, for their reasons, not mm-hmm. the reasons of the, of the, of the store now. As a sales leader, like I need those brilliant jerks because you, know, you, you have to harness them back a little bit and you use the word maverick and um, I think that, that's a great term, but th- those some of those guys drive the business. Right. You know, I, I've seen in my career some mavericks in our gun area that they're they're out for themselves. They sell a, a crap load and they give, you know, they, they have guys that just come back and see them over and over again, but they're, they weren't the, the best teammates mm-hmm. because they were out for one thing. I'm going to win a trip every year. I'm going to sell over a million dollars. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, but it's going to be me doing it. Yep. And I'm going to be the top guy. And I think, you know, in, in my life, I was, I'm sure I was a brilliant jerk early on. You know, I think of a guy that I used to compete with that you know, he was the top guy and I was the top guy and we went back and forth and I didn't want him to beat me and he didn't want, you know, me to beat him. And, um, like we were, we were out for ourselves because we wanted to be that guy. Now we're teammates and we're on the same, we were always in the same team, but now we're, we're on the same leadership team and we work well together, you know, now. And there's times where we butt heads and it's that that's okay. But you know, you rewind 10 plus years or even 15 years when we were selling together, like I wanted to smash him and he wanted to smash me. And at the end of the day, like we were friends, but we weren't really friends. You know, it was, it was, it was one of those things where like when he would sell something, it would, it would piss me off. And when I, when I saw something big, it would piss him off. And at the end of the day, like we were trying to just outdo each other. Now, did it make us both better? Sure. I, I know it did, but we were like, we were jerks hundred percent, you know, um, but now today, like we are friends and we do things together and we go out and do bike stuff together and, you know, like we've, we've grown, but I think we could both reflect on the fact that we weren't good teammates together back in the day. Okay. So you took that a little different place. I like it. Okay. Where did uh, I go? What, where I want to do is, is come back to, I'll just share my impressions of being around a brilliant jerk before. So that brilliant jerk is that person. And, and here's the ripple effects that they have is, is that brilliant person that is, very, very skilled at what they do, but because they have this way where they create a toxicity around them, uh, they may be the person that is second guessing the manager, second guessing the leadership or the CEO or whatever it is, depending on what size of business is. It, they work to rally others around them, or they are such an individual performer that they will not accept help. They won't team up with somebody like you were just talking about sure. because it's so competitive 
that it's got to be their name. They've got to win at all costs. And sometimes what, what I've seen w- with the, the brilliant jerk is that demoralizes so many people that it can crush a team. And I'm, I'm just going to take this to like sports for a second because you can have a star player on a team. We've seen it over and over in professional sports, even at the college level, that others just don't want to pass in the ball or they don't want that. You know, they're doing something in the locker room that is causing that culture of that team to be diminished. You get rid of that person, you trade your, you know, they're, they're the franchise player or whatever, and you, and you trade them away and suddenly the team actually does better. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is like, what, what is that ideal team player? What are they bringing on a daily basis? Yeah. You know, I think of that's definitely on that lead manager. You know, if you're that coach and you have that player on your team, you're looking at going, man, like he's a triple doubles every night. Like he's the, he's, right. he's the guy he's on every billboard, but man, our locker room is toxic and it's yes. because of him. That's on you. And you have to bite that bullet and go, man, if we really lose this guy, the poster of every kid's room, like this is this guy, but in our locker room, he's not the guy. Are we okay with losing him? Mm. And if if that leadership team goes, yep, because we're going to grow in all these other categories, and you know, you might even have a guy on your team that has potential to be that next leader that now allows him to step up and be that guy, and your team got is now better off because mm-hmm. of it. But man, there's how many how many coaches would go? No, we're, there's zero chance we're trading him. He's our he's our guy. We got to try to find a way to fix him. At the end of the day, you're probably not going to fix him, mm-hmm. you know, because the more yeah, he gets a, he gets around that, the more um, of that brilliant jerk plays a role and the ego sets in and it's just never going to happen. So ego plays a huge role. In Ego's this. huge. Yeah. It does. Um, when, when I think about the ego piece of it is, is it's, I come back to the movie coach Carter and, and uh, he's, you know, there's just this moment in there where he's trying to hammer into these kids that winning, when did winning not become enough? When did we have to demoralize another team by trash talking them? And, and so he put a zero tolerance policy around that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is, is a brilliant jerk, you're looking at them and, and you've got these great recommendations and they come in and they join your organization and they come in and they create this wake around them and it disrupts progress, but it usually takes time for that to see. And so it's so important to know how to identify that personality or maybe to more important to identify the kind of personality you do want to attract. Sure. You bring that person in uh, because they have connections or they have this reputation for getting stuff done and they can be a short term like boost. They can be really, really good. But in the long term, if people can't rally around them or they're doing something to isolate and they're not sharing information, they're not, they're not uh, encouraging other people, they're hoarding a lot of stuff, uh, they're going to destroy it. Yeah. And I think there's flags, you know, like when you interview or you, you see that there's things that, you know, how people say things, you know, during an interview process or I did this or, you know, I'm going to be great at that. And yeah. Like, there's a lot like, of oh, eyes and me's, right? Eyes and me's. And, you know, like uh, there's been times where I've talked to somebody after an interview and um, we're talking about the person. And it's like, yeah, there's just, there was just something they could, they could be great for us. Yeah. But there's just something that's kind of holding me back from this, you know? And, um, 
like so I, I think you can catch that early on now we're also fixers like oh we could we, we could fix this yes, you know, like we could right? we could easily take this guy and you know we could we could get rid of that we could you know immerse him in our culture and we'll, we'll fix this but at the end of the day they're not you're gonna spend so much energy trying to correct character that you you're gonna lose on the other side yep and you know if, if you're seeing it your crew's gonna see it when you put that that person down on the floor with with your crew and they get that that feeling too it's like oh it's hard for them to buy into that person now and slowly that person ends up pushing everybody else away that it's hard to get that 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 true buy-in you know so you have to look at from the the leadership standpoint of is this going to be good for us long term well yeah if we can fix this but do we want to invest that much time and effort into trying to fix it if they're not going to be able to fix it down the road right and like you don't know until you try, you know. And it's I'm a firm believer. Like you, you teach and you teach and you teach and you coach and you teach some more and you coach some more. And at the end of the day, that's still not going to work. Then you have to make a decision. You do, yes. but like you have to decide whether you, this is what you want for your team long term. This rock star player that has some rough edges that we might have to deal with. Well, don't deal with it. Like if you have to deal with something, that's on you. You know, don't don't commit to something that's going to be looks glorious on paper but yeah. because of some other things it, it, it's a it's a time sucker it's a it's a crew suck mentality that it just it makes it tough for them to want to come to work because of this one this one thing that you're settling for keywords that you just said i really like there is is this person something that, that we have that mindset of we have to deal with this whether it's the person the situation something that happened yeah. and and then settling for that how often do we lose productivity in a workplace because we're spending all of that time focusing on that instead of focusing on what what could be and mm-hmm. on all the great things that are happening over here? And again, I think that's one of the, the, the challenges that having that person in an organization and not dealing with it causes you. Yeah. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but the movie Teen Wolf. Remember that Michael J. Fox movie back in the day? <laughs> okay, I, I literally just I, we literally <laughs> just watched it with my girls. And I'm just I'm thinking it from the perspective of you know, here's a guy, young kid, you know, just learning about life, turns into this amazing wolf, and now he's like he's leading this team in basketball. Right. Like he's the star player. He's you know, the the montage of him making every basket and like just spinning the ball on his finger and doing all these things. But you also see the dynamic of the team start to change too. Exactly. And they don't want to pass him the ball. They just hand it to him, and then they just all stand there. Mm-hmm. And they wait for him to run down, score the basket, and then they come back on, de- on defense, and nobody, nobody left the other side of the court. Right. Like, that's, that's what we're talking about right now. Exactly. It's, it's, that, it's that level of rock star player, sees it, owns it, is that, that person that you really don't want. And then at the end of the, end of the movie, like, he had to fix that. He had to get those guys to buy back into him, and they end up winning the game without the wolf you know so i mean it's 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 in in leadership not everybody sees what they're what they're doing they they, in their head they're the man or the woman and they're they're kicking butt and they're they're leading and they're doing this and they're doing that but they don't know the impact they're having with somebody else pushing them away or you know stepping on them to make themselves look taller and then one day they have that reflection of like oh crap i've been a jerk for the last (laughs) five months of my life Hopefully they see that or they're having people show them that. But I think at the end of the day, like I, I know for a fact I was that way back, you know, back when I was selling, like I, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to have my name on the top line and I was working super hard. I, I guarantee you, I push people away. Sure. And, you know, looking back, you just don't know who, who that was, mm-hmm. you know, and all the, 
the relationships that you have to fix after that, you know, when you do decide that this is not what I want to be anymore, I want to be something totally different. Who did I affect? Who did I push away when I was being this guy, when I'm trying to be somebody else now? This takes me back to a story uh, in my past that uh, uh, I was in a management role, kind of new to it, <clears throat> and I had to hire somebody. And so I'm looking through the candidate pool and I, and I tell my, uh, I tell my boss about a guy that I really want to bring in and, and we bring him in and he sits in the interview with me, which is great. I, I needed that cause I was new and I'm, I'm impressed with this candidate a lot. Like he came in with all these great ideas, uh, tons of skill. And so I'm feeling pretty good at the interview right now. This is first interview. So we needed to do a second. So I, I sit down with my boss afterwards. We're, we're talking about this person and, and he says, he says, what do you think? I said, I like him. I, I think this could be our guy. I really, I really think he's got it. He, mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, he smiled at me and I go, okay, <laughs> you know, what? that's not what, what's up. And he said, you hire him. He's going to blow you over. And I went, so first of all, I was a little offended Yeah. because it was like, what do you mean? And then he started to explain it. He's like, you're not seeing, he wants your role, which is okay. Sure. He said, but. He's going to come in and with your management style, where it is right now, he's going to roll over you on a daily basis. He's going to challenge you. He's going to question you. And it's going to become my problem. And my problem then isn't the problem of him. It's I have you in a leadership role that you're not ready for. And I went, oh, crap. So he needs to fix that. Right. So so he, right. And that was a a moment between us where I was like, okay, then help me figure out what I need. Pour into me now and help me get better. Exactly. And it was also to realize that that what I was seeing in that candidate as we continued to talk about it, he's like, you don't want this guy. And he was right, actually. And so we ended up hiring somebody else. It was a great fit. It was a great fit for me. It helped me grow also. And uh, happy ending to that story. Sure. But I didn't like hearing that advice or, or it wasn't even advice. That feedback at, yeah. at first was like, he's going to roll you over. I'm like, well, I don't feel like I'm a pushover. And he's like, you're just too green. But he showed you a blind spot that you had in, exactly. in your in your life, and helped yes. you help you see where it was at. Exactly. Well, that's 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 super positive. Like I'm looking at it going, man, like you, like I want to hire this guy because he's gonna make our team better. Mm-hmm. You know, just based on what you told me, and then that makes a lot of sense. And right. I, I think it's okay to say no to someone because you look at it and go, they're just then they're not going to be a good fit for us. Yeah. But they bring so much to the table. Like they're going to be so good, and they're going to be this rock star, this and this rock star that. Yeah, but it may change the overall dynamic of our team. Mm-hmm. Do we really want to sacrifice that to gain this? Right. And I think too many times teams do. They say, yeah, we need this guy. Yes. Like we need to win. He's going to help us win. Well, winning on paper is different than winning in real life. Yeah. You know, and it look, oh, the numbers look great, but man, like behind the scenes, we're losing right now. And I think it's so okay to say no and pass. Yeah, and here's the thing is, in business, that's easier. Sure. Even if you hire that person, they're on staff. You're paying them. Where it gets really tough is in our, our nonprofits, especially oh, sure. when it's volunteer, volunteer. or in churches or in our schools. And you get that person in there, and that can be tougher. And so I think that's just why it's so much more important that we are always working to become a better leader. Yeah, I think the volunteer thing is like I'm smiling thinking about mavericks that have volunteered that come in and just trying to have their own agenda and do it their way. And it's like 
I get it. You're volunteering. Like we're not paying you to be here and you just want to be here, but man, you're really hurting the overall dynamic of what we're trying to do here. So how do you tell that? And that's a whole other conversation, but tell them, you know what? Thanks for showing up, but we don't need you to show up anymore. (laughs) You know? And like, that's, that's tough. So, um, but man, like we've turned away great people. Yeah. People that have potential to be rock stars, but because of some fit changing the dynamic of what we're trying to do, uh, we can all look back and go, we made the right decision. All right. Well, we've been talking this morning about the ideal team player and the brilliant jerk. Uh, I think we might want to come back to this at another time. But yeah, there's uh, more meat on the bone. For a lot sure. more to talk about there. So my name is Jim. I'm Matt. Have a good week, everyone. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for topics, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at 2120podcast at gmail.com. That's the words 21 spelled out followed by the numbers 20podcast at gmail.com. We'll make it easy and include a link to that email address in the description. If you're enjoying listening to two guys take a random topic and talk about it for 20 minutes, hey, it would mean a lot to Matt and I if you would rate it, write a review, and share it with others. Thank you again for tuning into the 2120 podcast.